Stunt Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Matthew. Before we get into today's episode of the Matthew and Rizzle Show featuring Josie, I just wanted to give a shout out to this month's sponsor, who's none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Connie Digital. Everyone listening to the podcast should be familiar with Connie. He's been a guest on here once before. And if you don't know him, he's a legend in the crypto art scene, and he's making waves now with his tokenized music. Just want to make sure that everyone checks out his website at danky.art. That's D-A-N-K-Y dot art. And make sure that you sign up for his newsletter. And you can go to connydigital.com slash join to do that. That's C-O-N-N-I-E-D-I-G-I-T-A-L dot com slash join. That's it. Make sure you follow Connie Digital. And thank you again for supporting the show. So with that, let's begin today's episode. Okay, we're live. This is Matthew, and I'm back with my dude, Rizzle, for another special interview on the Matthew and Rizzle Show. Today, I'm really excited to speak with my guest. She really needs no introduction for for our listeners. She's, in my mind, one of the most prominent figures in all of crypto. And then when it comes to the NFT space and crypto art, she's a proper legend. We are really excited to be speaking uh, with Josie Bellini today. And I can't wait to get into why she loves crypto art, her recent awesome work and sales on Nifty Gateway, Async, how she thinks about collector experience, uh, her awesome Twitch live stream behind the art, and a whole bunch of other good stuff. So welcome to the show, Josie. Thank you, Matt and Rizzle. I'm super excited to be on the show. You guys have been doing this for quite some time. And I remember back in the days when I used to go to work and listen to the podcast on my phone on the train. So it's awesome to be on here. And I appreciate that interruption. That was very, very kind. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about my journey in crypto art. But then of course, talk about this amazing community and kind of how far it's come and all the the wonderful things that are going on right now. Yeah. So to get started, I mean, a lot of people know you, but uh, it's always good to give a a little self-introduction. And then after that, I think getting started with talking about why you love uh, this space so much would be a great way to get started. Great. My name is Josie, and I have been creating crypto art since 2017. I found crypto through friends, but when I graduated school, I I studied finance. Um, So during one of my classes, my junior year, um, we had a presenter come talk about Bitcoin. And that was my first kind of introduction to what was going on and and what Bitcoin was for and why it was valuable. I think Bitcoin was maybe 300 bucks at the time. I tried to buy one in the library afterwards and it was too difficult. And I was like, eh, forget about it. But that was my true first introduction. I wrote a uh, essay for extra credit on Bitcoin. And then fast forward two years later, I was working in, in private wealth management and sort of heard Ethereum popping up. And when I Googled it, I was like, what is Ethereum? I saw that it was connected to Bitcoin. So my ears definitely perked up from that. And really, I didn't start getting into crypto until I started investing in it myself, which was important for me because working in private wealth, uh, you are managing a high net worth client's asset. And it was something growing up pretty poor and not being around a ton of wealthy people. It was something that was very different to me and really eye opening. And when I realized there was something that I was allowed to invest in, I didn't have to be an accredited investor. This could truly change my life. 
from all these clients that I've talked I've talked to and built relationships with, you know, a lot of them had these little stories that kind of mirrored uh, and what was I saw might be going on with crypto. So I started investing really small amounts in Ethereum initially, which is what got me into the space. And then when I saw my investments were doing well and were the first time I ever had a savings account in my life, all of these sorts of things, I became obsessed with it. I was like, okay, well, what's going on? Let me figure out what this is. And it was in Chicago, there were, I mean, I, I went on meetup.com and I was going to meetups and the meetups were tiny. Like they were in the basement of a bar with like maybe like eight people tops from any of the meetups we were going to. And then eventually those started to grow and grow. And I understood why this was working, why it was important. So yeah, after that, I quit my job, decided I wanted to work in crypto. I took a coding bootcamp at Northwestern and I was like, I'm going to be a full stack dev um, for crypto companies. And I ended up, I tweeted this yesterday and I, uh, when I was chatting to someone, but to Gabby, I was like, okay, I hated backend code so, so much. I was like, there's no way I can be a full stack dev. So um, I started to lean more towards front end design, graphic design and things like that and started picking up freelance work for companies while I was still uh, waiting tables while I was going back to school. And then that just really picked up. And not only that, since I did love art and I always did it as a hobby, I became so obsessed with this space that I decided I wanted to make an art piece to kind of like just represent what I was feeling so far in the space. So I created the art piece Genesis in 2017 and posted it on Reddit and then it blew up. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the heck? Like people like this, this is crazy. It was on the top of the very top of the Reddit page for two days, which you guys know that like doesn't happen. It's like 24 hours and that's it. So it was up on the very top of r slash cryptocurrency for two days with like over 2000 upvotes. And I was just like over the moon. People were asking for prints of this piece. This is insane. Someone was going to actually buy the original from me for two Bitcoin. That's a whole nother story, but I still have the original. Um, that's the only original that I've kept through the years. Yeah, that, that was life-changing for me. I, I decided um, once I saw the reaction to that, that I was going to make my first huge purchase in my entire life, which was a um, sitting right next to me, a 500-pound archival in, uh, printer. And I was going to produce all of my own prints. And I just started painting from there. And that was kind of my background. Yeah, that's a crazy story about how you ended up here. I'm curious like about your ties to the traditional finance world and did they have any inkling of the direction you decided to go and if so did they think like you've lost your mind or you're you've got something going here or like have you basically severed ties with your connections from the traditional finance world because i mean obviously like looking back this probably seems like and you know the the perfect fit for what you want to do and and where you are with your career and everything but i would imagine like back in 2017 when you decided to like sort of go rogue from traditional finance there must have been some people scratching their heads if, if they knew what direction you were heading in or, or how, how did that play out? Yeah, well, they thought I was crazy, but for a different reason, because I didn't tell them I was quitting to go into crypto. And initially, it wasn't exactly the in, in the timeline that I thought it'd be. I actually had also during school 
gotten certified to teach English as a foreign language. So I decided I was at such a weird point in my life. I had an amazing job, which I'd worked my ass off in college, like for the four years, working literal 40 hours a week at Starbucks or restaurants or all these different jobs and and going to school full, full time and having internships. So like everything piled on top of each other to get to where I was. And, and I studied finance because in my mind, um, I thought, okay, I need a job where I can make money. I want to be successful. I want to break. You know, I was the first person in my family to go to college. I was the first person in my family to even finish high school. So it was super, super important to me that, you know, if I was putting myself through school, I was going to make something of myself. So really, they thought I was crazy for a different reason, because when I was initially quitting, they asked me, I mean, I was working 12 hour days, there are six days a week, like it was it was it was not a great situation, and not a healthy amount of work. And it was really stressful. But I wanted to be the best. And if I was going to be the best on my team, I had to work a lot harder than others. Um, I've never I'm I've never been the smartest, but I've always been one of the hardest working. Um, so that was important to me. But anyways, when I told them I was quitting, it was kind of before tax season. And, and my boss asked me if I would stay through tax season. Um, and I said, sure, if you give me two weeks off to go to Paris. And he said, okay. <laughs> um, so, so I did that. Um, but then really, I told him I was quitting because I was going to um, move to Spain and teach English as a foreign language. Because I uh-huh. came to a point where I was like, I need to do something else. I need to get out of here. And I'll come back. And then I'll do or I'll, I'll do coding classes while I'm over there. I'll do all this stuff. And I had all this planned out. So that's kind of why they thought I was crazy. They're like, she's just moving to another country. Um, but that obviously didn't pan out and didn't, didn't end up happening. So I jumped straight into the coding here in Chicago. And I, it's interesting if you ask if I kept touch. I did keep, keep touch with some of my friends there, which definitely thought I was crazy, but they were like supportive and they're like, do it, you know, do what you need to do. I know that crypto, the firm that I worked at was um, considered a pretty conservative firm, I guess all big financial firms are. But I remember some of our articles that we put out to our clients. Um, one of them is, what is Bitcoin? And like, what, do we have it in your portfolio kind of thing? And the answer was no, they didn't have it in the portfolio, but they were watching out for it. And here's the reason why they didn't have it in the portfolio. So they were totally aware of the scene. I think if they knew what I was doing now, they would just not believe it or be like, still think I was crazy. I, I don't know if they hold it in their portfolios now for their clients, but I would I might be surprised if, if they do because they are a super conservative firm and they were really against it um, while I was there and the articles they were putting out at that time. And as you're, you're talking about that background, you mentioned your, your crazy work ethic, which, I mean, anyone that looks at your output just in terms of your art or your activities, like it's, it's super apparent. But outside of that and outside of the talent that you have as an artist, I feel like some of the other attributes that really, really draw me to you as a fan are like your the love that you have for what you're doing and the palpable passion for the space. And again, like what you're doing with your art and like in this kind of mini NFT art boom that we're in right now, where a lot of other new eyes are coming into this space. I feel like one of the differentiators between like great artists doing amazing things is that love and that passion for what they're doing in this space. And I'm just wondering if you could like, go into why you love uh, what you're doing so much and then uh, the passion that you have for for crypto and, and, and yeah. the space. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I 
I feel so, so lucky and so fortunate that my path has come to to this moment, I guess. I've I've never this moment being on our podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is my greatest uh, dream in life. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel so, I feel so lucky. Growing up the way I did, I would never, ever in a million years dream that I could be successful as an artist. That, that's not something that has ever crossed my mind as a possibility. And then at the same time, to be successful as an artist in a space that is so important to me. Um, and I think a lot of that passion just comes from the original reason why I got into crypto and the ethos behind it. Owning crypto was the first way ever in my life that I became financially free and financially independent um, and controlling, you know, my own future and my own destiny. And that like those main core things behind that and, and, and sort of like fixing the wrongs that are ingrained in our system, it represents so much to me. And in times like this, when there's like a crazy NFT boom, I'm not like, oh, I need to pump out art so I can like make some ETH and like blah, blah, blah. Like, that's not what's on my mind. Like I create art that I'm telling a piece of my story or a piece of like the community story through. And that's, what's really, really important to me. You know, you're talking about, tell us why you love this community. I love it because I have those people that share those same beliefs with me in this community. And the amount of support for my work and, and for what I do has just been, I mean, immeasurable it's 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 so incredible i've been able to build really strong friends and and business relationships through this space we it's it's a totally different ball game it's something where i feel finally that i'm um not working for someone else i get to build equity in myself in my brand um because that's what i'm working on all day every day and and not only that while i'm building equity in myself i'm also um giving something to the community that they can connect with because we're on this journey together. And often we have a lot of the same experiences. So it's, it's an insane feeling. I'm, I'm so thankful for it. I would have never imagined I'd be here. I've treated yesterday. I said, I was like just reflecting and I said, you know, four and a half years ago, I graduated and one of the most asked questions at the end of interviews was where do you see yourself in five years and of course my answer was always you know in a company that I'm working my way up and I want to you know blah 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 and all this stuff like I would never guess that I'd be here and it's it's just so um it's so amazing and and I can't wait for all the things I have coming up to to share with everyone the community has has just been the community is everything, right? Like the, I, I feel like I definitely don't want to, I'll never forget that and never, that that won't ever not be a part of my story because the community has allowed me to sell in what I do and, and for so many others as well. And then I also see community members becoming creators in so many different regard, building their own places in crypto voxels, becoming artists or taking up their passion of being a musician and figuring out how to make that into a business um, or even, you know, I'm thinking of easy and crypto, like, <laughs> like taking his passion for landscaping and bringing it to VR. Like, it's just so cool. It's, it's so amazing. 
Um, this community is just, it's, it's like something I can't compare to anything else. Josie, you got a, like a really cool background story that I, I wasn't familiar with up until this point. And I, I genuinely appreciate you sharing that. And, uh, it, I feel like a lot of people who have found their way here have like, you know, sort of had had enough of whatever traditional environment they were. And it's always interesting to... Sorry, Russell, you cut out. Oh, sorry. I, I was just saying people's background stories are all interesting, including yours. And I feel like a lot of people have similar types of situations, how they landed here, where they just got fed up with whatever current path they were on and sort of went rogue and somehow we're all here uh, and everything. So I really appreciate hearing your story and and I, I was not aware of it before this uh i gotta ask though how much do you take a lot of shit for putting bitcoin art on the ethereum network or are, like people gen generally like pretty accepting of that and i say this as a bitcoin person but i can't help yeah. but like you know think that you've got to be selling most of your artwork on the ethereum network but it seems like you've stuck with like the bitcoin motif overall uh unless i'm not like too too current on, on what you've been cranking yeah, out yeah. but no that's trolls. pretty that's pretty <laughs> correct um, so I, I feel this is, this is a good question. I do, obviously, a lot of my pieces have that Bitcoin core theme. And as you guys hear my story, you understand a little bit of why and, and how much Bitcoin really does mean to me for so much more than just returns. But Bitcoin means a lot to me. And Ethereum, uh, I, I create a pieces also based on the sort of NFT ecosystem when I'm creating an Ethereum piece. That's mainly where I focus. And because it is, it's such an important community to me and it's been so amazing. And Ethereum was actually my first like true journey into crypto. So do I get shit? Of course, Brecky, like we're working on something together and I'm talking to him about NFTs and trying to convince him like all these things. He's like, dude, like, we're doing a Bitcoin big. It's weird on on the Ethereum blockchain, like all this stuff. Um, and I was like, yeah, 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 but hear me out kind of thing. <laughs> so there's no one who's like, what are you thinking? This is so crazy. Like maybe they're thinking that in their heads, but no one who outright says that. Um, also, I think it's really important just how I try to foster relationships between different VR communities because I think like stronger together kind of thing with decentralized in a crypto voxels, insomnium and all that jazz. Like I do not like Bitcoin and Ethereum, in my opinion, are both so important and both do different things. Bitcoin for me has those core like financial independence, like all of this like different transparency, all of these different things. Ethereum community for me has been has opened my my mind to creativity and has been something that's just totally different experience. And I use Ethereum daily. I don't use Bitcoin daily. Bitcoin, you know, is like is like my gold. It's in my it's in my safe. But like Ethereum, I use daily. So it, it's totally different experiences. I don't think it's bad to to do Bitcoin art on putting it on the Ethereum blockchain right now. The Bitcoin blockchain doesn't make sense to do any NFTs on. And I'm not going to sit back and wait for that to happen. And when it does happen, my collectors do know that that it's something I'm really interested in. And I'll find a way to also tokenize works on Bitcoin and also um, find a way to have people who already have Ethereum NFTs give them some sort of bonus in some sort of way once Bitcoin NFTs make sense. So no, I, I think they can live um, together and and I'm totally fine with that. And my collectors have been um, totally fine with that so far. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, I'm sure people are talking shit and talking <laughs> shit to my face, which I love about it. So. I was just curious, uh, yeah. yeah, your angle on it and everything. I mean, your artwork speaks for itself, but uh, you know, we as we're moving into sort of like a blockchain, like agnostic and and crypto agnostic, uh, you know, NFT land. Uh, I was just curious uh, what your angle yeah. was on all of that. Um, but and I mean, people yeah. can't forget that. I mean, there wouldn't be Ethereum without Bitcoin, right? Like. Like Vitalik was working at Bitcoin Magazine and writing, uh, or and created a co-founder in Bitcoin Magazine and was like writing articles back in the day for Bitcoin and and decided to create something of his own and create Ethereum. Um, and he has respect for Bitcoin and and the people in that space. Um, so yeah, they can totally totally live together. Totally, I love that. And I, I really want to get into how you because you're you're so thoughtful in everything that you do like um i i think of you as like the due diligence doer of crypto almost um everything it's so circumspect how you think about the different platforms that you sell on um so on that point um i know for the longest time you had you had just been selling through your open storefront but recently um mm-hmm. you've been on nifty gateway i think you've had two drops async you've uh-huh. been on there twice one for the layer and i think the last supper and then one for an independent release yep. so I'm, I'm curious how you think about the the different platforms that you're on um like do you think about them entirely differently do you think of of the marketplaces and and sites as uh, having distinct benefits i'm curious uh, mm-hmm. in that regards your thoughts yes uh yes completely and i can tell you kind of what i what i think about each of them um but yeah it is very important for me to be very careful what what my brand is at, at all times um when i started this this brand uh or even art just in 2017 but this brand the brand is all i have right at the end of the day if i do something that is sketchy or weird like that is connected with my name the brand is my name josie you know um it's not some anonymous person which is totally fine as well but it's me and it's really important to me that I'm doing the right things for my brand and for my collectors. And I'm not, when I make each decision, um, I always tell myself, think for 10 years out. Like, is this going to look good in 10 years kind of thing? Is this going to do still be serving me justice in 10 years? So that is sort of just really important to me. Each decision I make, I don't ever try to make any rash decision where something pops up and I'm like, okay, I need to go do that now. Um, I definitely try to be more methodical about things in that way. But that's also because, like I said, my my brand is everything. It's everything I am. It's everything I have. It's everything that I'm giving. Like, it's very, very, very important to me. It's the most important thing. So that's, I make really, I make my decisions really carefully. And Matthew, as you know, I was like, I didn't even like scent for a while. So I was like, what is this like user agreement? They they can do whatever they want with these images, like all this stuff, which was is some. And I'm using that as an example because sometimes that means I'm slower to really cool things. Um, and I, I didn't get introduced to the scent community for a long time because I didn't have time to research it and to truly figure out what it was um, before just saying, OK, I can't get into that right now because of the user agreement. And then once we spoke and I understood it a little bit more and, and the different ways around what I was concerned about, I was like, okay. And I discovered the scent community, which I wish I discovered sooner. So it does definitely doesn't always work in my benefit, but um, 
I better be mm. safe rather than sorry. Uh, so for the platforms, OpenSea has always been amazing. Um, and I'll start with them because they have just done so much. And I think they're um, looked over a lot in the art space. So with OpenSea, um, starting there, OpenSea has been the place that I initially created my contract. And I didn't, I mean, Super Rare was definitely around when I first started minting NFTs, but um, it was important to me to do all my research and figure out what I wanted to do to sort of start and get into the space. The reasons why I chose OpenSea, um, a big one, which is just out there, like the OpenSea fees are 2.5%. Right. Super Rare fees are 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they initially started a little bit lower, but I think that's where they're at now. OpenSea allowed for royalties. The first day I was on there, they'd always, they always ha- have had that. You can pick your own percentage in royalties. That was huge for me. Um, and now I know obviously other platforms have implemented that since, but it's been on OpenSea since day one. Day one as in like my day one. I don't know how long it's actually been on there, <laughs> but, um, it's, those were two really big reasons. And then the biggest reason was brand. So when you look at, you know, if, if Hackatow makes a, you know, sales that total 100 ETH on Super Rare, guess whose name is going to be in the ranking? Super Rare. And guess that ranking? involves, you know, the hundreds of artists they have on that platform all combined into one number, which is amazing, but it is promoting their brand. And that's with any platform out there, not just Super Rare, obviously, with Makers Place, all of these. It doesn't say the artist name. It says the brand. So in my opinion, I thought, okay, it's going to be harder to do this on my own because I don't have the built-in collector base that Super Rare has. But I believe that I can find that myself and bring collectors I already have to the space so I'm going to do this on my own because I know when I start ranking that Josie will be up there. And I can't tell you how many people have told me that they've found me through just checking out the rankings on OpenSea and being like, what is this random thing that's popping up when I release something? Because obviously, like, I'm not always in the ranking. It's only when I release something. So that was huge for me, thinking like, I'm not giving away my brand. I'm not giving away my collectors. I'm not giving away any of those pieces that are like the core of business, right? And just to remind people that are listening to this later on, if you want to use OpenSea, yes, it's harder. Like you have to promote everything you're doing. You have to be your own marketer. You have to be your own everything. But that's that's how it is to be an artist in, in these times anyways. But if you do use OpenSea, just know that it is so easy. It's so easy to set up a contract. It's so easy to mint. You don't need to be technical. Like, it, it's just so easy. And I think people forget that and think that these platforms are doing something huge for them on the back end when really a lot of them are not. And that sort of leads me to async where, um, I mean, people know I'm like async's cheerleader on all my streams, but I love async. Um, number one, I love the team behind it. Um, they're super genuine and, and smart. Um, and just amazing people who I know have same core values as I do. And they find it very, very important to think about each decision. Um, and they're, they're serious about what they do. So I love them as a team. Um, they're, they're a very technical team too, which is great, but also like has a weird, it has a weird balance. But anyways, um, I love async because async brings something more to the table 
They do something that I can't do on my own or on my open sea contract. They make art programmable. How crazy is that? Like you can put the Ethereum or Bitcoin price volatility, you can make that affect and change your artwork. You can make, you know, the collector who lives in Hong Kong and they put their coordinates in, you can have them control the day and night cycle of your art piece. Like just truly blind, mind blowing stuff that I've been talking about for so long before Async was here and how I want to do, I want that, but I'm not technical and it would just be so cool. And then all of that being able to happen. So they were truly a game changer for me. So Nifty Gateway, the that was definitely a platform that I decided to go on early on. I was super lucky and fortunate to be the first crypto artist to launch on the platform. And that was something that was just kind of cool bonus. Um, but with doing my research with Nifty Gateway and what they were doing, um, I thought I could tap into a totally different audience that I hadn't already tapped into in the NFT ecosystem or the Bitcoin ecosystem that I was sort of around my circle. So a lot of the reason was to grow my collector base, which is a really important um, marker for me. So that was initially why I decided to join with Nifty Gateway and do the release. And um, that proved to be true. Uh, my, my wallet holders definitely shot up. It was new names that I didn't know yet. I got to start fostering these relationships with collectors that either A, hadn't come across my work before, or B, had come across my work but hadn't been able to collect before. So it was a really interesting platform to launch on that I was very happy that what I thought was going to happen happened. And then recently, um, I did a, the second drop I did with them, I had two auctions and, um, both auctions actually went to a woman, Kelly, and she's tweeted about it. So normally I would never share my collectors, but she's tweeted about it. And, um, so that's fine. But, uh, Kelly, who I actually met her in New York at NFT NYC last time we were there. And she was like, Hey, I'm interested in your work. And I was like, awesome. Nice to meet you. And, um, and then later on, you know, months and months, what, like seven months later, she collected two of my works and won both of the auctions. So it was really cool to have her as a brand new collector and just come in swinging like that. Right on that, the collector point, because this is something that I've also admired about you, um, is your focus on the collector experience. And I mean, it's funny that both you and Matt are from Chicago and Matt Kane mm-hmm. is the other artist that I associate with like a really, really fine degree um, of, of thought behind his collector experience. Um, but for you, um, and especially like you mentioned earlier, you're your own marketer, you're your own promoter, your own dealer. You have to do pretty much everything for your brand. So the, the focus on collector experience makes a lot of sense. But I'm wondering if you could kind of detail for folks um, the thought that you put into this collector experience after someone uh, purchases and, and owns uh, a work from you. What have some of the, the examples of, of the collector experience built out? have you done for them? Um, sure. And what, what are some ideas that you have maybe that you haven't done yet, uh, but in the future um, you could potentially um, yeah. execute? Um, great question. Shout out to Matt Kane. Maybe it's because we're Midwesterners and I don't know, do they say Midwestern people are nice? I think they do. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, uh, I think actually, I think it was Matt. 
cool was it that taught me that Midwestern Westerners are also known for their casserole, which I thought was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I've ever seen eaten a casserole. Like, what are you talking about? Someone told me that the other day on some art stream. Um, anyways, actually, you know who I think it was? I think it was a lot of money when he was doing an auction on async the woman i i'm blanking on her name that he had on to help explain everything no not bread breaker um she was from the midwest and she was talking about casseroles i thought it was so weird (laughs) anyways um shout out to her really ever listen to this shout out to you for your bomb casserole um okay so collector experience back to that um first of all i i sort of reflect and think sometimes i wonder if why collectors are so important to me, kind of just my path that I've taken growing up and having this, um, it sounds really weird, but I actually am super thankful for all these different jobs, but having these jobs where I was serving a client, serving um, a guest at a restaurant, serving private wealth, you know, or like high net worth individuals within their portfolios. Like, I wonder if that's sort of where that importance comes from. Uh, for me, but having the, these experiences where you need to make every moment of that person's interaction with you important and enjoyable. And that's how it was in all these jobs that I had growing up. And it is so important for me because, like I said, I mean, no, like no one would, I shouldn't say no one because I don't know the exceptions, but most artists wouldn't be around if it wasn't for their collector base that's supporting them, um, at least not in the in the realm of where you can live off of it. So yeah, collectors are really freaking important. And and finding collectors, um, another reason why they're so important is because they are connecting on your work with your work on a level that is much deeper um, than other levels. They are finding something that you put your hands to and you put your heart into. And they are saying, hey, that piece is important to me, too. So you share something with them. And art, you know, art can, any viewer can view it how they view it. So someone can hate a piece, someone can love a piece, someone can get one message out of it, another person can get another message out of it. That's the amazing thing about it. But regardless, anyone who's collecting from you has some sort of connection with it. So that already in itself is really special. To bring that a step further, my collectors know that I am going to be in this space forever. Like there's no doubt in my mind that they know that. And I'm sure that probably factors into some of their decisions to collecting from me. I'm not an artist that is doing this because it's hot or or anything like that. I'm doing it because it's a part of me. So that that's something that we share. And some things that I've been able to do to, I guess, for lack of a better word, like reward some of my collectors for collecting my work. Um, number one, the first thing I started doing was implementing augmented reality into my physical works. So, of course, before I got into NFTs, and I still do this with all of my pieces, but um, I was selling original paintings and prints. That's where most of my pieces start from. So, you know, the first piece that I ever did AR on was filter this girl with the gas mask. And I called the collector um, of that piece. And fun fact, that was the first original I ever sold. And I called the collector of this piece and I said, Hey, like take out your phone and download this app. I'm going to like show you something crazy. 
And he's like, ah, oh, my camera doesn't work on my phone. And I'm like, okay, get it together. Like, get your iPad out, do something. Like, you're not going to ruin this moment for me. <laughs> and then, and he's a pretty, he's going to kill me if you hear, hears this, but he, he's a pretty like monotone guy. Like, I, I've never seen him like super excited, right? Like, he's a very serious, uh, serious guy. So anyways, I, I call him and make him get out his iPad or whatever he has with his camera working and download this app and scan the painting on his wall. And for a second, it's just like silence. And then he goes, holy shit. (laughs) And I was like, yes, like that's the reaction I wanted from you, like all this stuff. But like for him to see that right in front of his eyes, and he was the first person besides me that I'd seen my AR and all the hard work that I was like putting into this behind the scenes was so important to me. And, And not only that, but like, now everyone can experience that. You own a print of it and you can experience. You you can just go to my website and scan it and you can experience it without even owning anything. Like this this moment was important to me. And at that time before I was like minting any of this stuff on NFTs, there was no I wasn't gaining any like monetary value for that, right? I just updated an old piece. So like I was already that was already my most popular selling piece. So like I really was giving value just kind of for free. Um, so that that's definitely kind of where it started. And then of course, like I started doing CryptoVoxel wearables to anyone that owned my NFTs. So if you owned a, a certain piece, you got a wearable that sort of went with it. That has kind of been halted by all of these crazy minting fees. Um, but that was kind of cool. And then things I want to do in in the future, um, things I am already working on in the future that since I am working on it, I don't want to give too much of it away. But basically, people who do own my NFTs are going to get a very special privilege or like, I don't know the word, they're going to get special rewards for having held my NFTs um, in the form of my next big project release. So people who do own Josie NFTs, whether you bought it yesterday or you've been holding them for, you know, over a year, whatever it is, there is going to be something special, an opportunity. Coming That's awesome, those. though, that you're you're looking out for That's your collectors and everything. Uh, Josie, this is the point in the job interview where we like to ask people, where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> oh, God. Um that's really funny. So I, I mean, I can't tell the future, right? Like I never knew I'd be here, but um, I know I'll be in this space and I know I'll be creating. And hopefully at that point, um, I mean, I have a lot of things planned that are launching in the next six months that I'm really, really excited about. So I know that in the next five years, one of the things that I'm launching is sort of like a, it is a something that I will be doing for the rest of my life. Like it is a full, a full experience and a full brand within my brand that will be coming out. And that's something that I know I'm going to be innovating through um, for the next five years. And I cannot wait to see where that will be at. Um, and I would, uh, sorry, I wish we recorded this like three months later so I could like tell a ton of stuff, but to be so vague and not <laughs> direct at all. Um, I definitely see myself in five years doing that, but also just like it, it involves being creative and, and finding ways to bring collectors, um, into your work for more of more of a personal experience 
And not only that, also bringing collectors rewards for being collectors and um, having collectors having the opportunity to make returns on holding your work, if that sort of makes sense. And I don't know, a ton of other stuff like virtual brands, like... Oh, Joe, this is pretty vague. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I, 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 I really want to like tell you more about it. I'm checking certain boxes on your evaluation as you speak. <laughs> Am I not going to get hired for this job? Um, I, all right, we'll have to do all of this. We'll have to do a follow-up in, in a few months, and you can just ask me that question. And then we can like paste it in here for for, for years later. All right, I'm with that. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was intense. Right on. We'll table it. So behind the art, I want to give a shout-out and credit to Pavo, because once I went on, Curing Crypto was like the first podcast that I've kind of ever been on. Maybe this is the second. Um, but before that, like, I guess I was, I was always like talking in um, Discord live chats or like anything like that. Um, but really like speaking on a podcast and especially about myself was kind of like nerve wracking and I was really nervous about it. And once I finished curating crypto, which I was like sweating bullets through the entire time, um, I realized like, this is kind of cool. And I guess I'm not as afraid as I thought, like, yeah, I was nervous and yeah, I was sweating the whole time, but it's not, it wasn't terrible. And I sort of started to like get into this like um, weird groove where I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just talking. That's it. It's just a conversation. So shout out to him because it kind of made me more comfortable with like speaking on things like this. Um, but I decided, okay, I want to like do this for other artists. I want to have a space for artists to explain who they are to the world and to the community without any pressure, like just a conversation. That's it. There's no ulterior motive to this, like this stream. Like it's truly just to get to know the person. For me, I want to get to know the people. So I guess that's my selfish ask. Um, but I want to get to know the people. I'm putting it up to other people um, to get to know them. So we ask questions live um, from the chat. And and obviously, like, if you, uh, you guys have listened to it, but for other folks, like, it's a really, really positive space. Um, and it's just, uh, I got so many DMs afterwards of people saying, wow, like that, uh, your stream was amazing. And I got to know so much of X person. Um, and it makes me appreciate their art more. Or like, it made, it made me really want this piece they were talking about, or blah, blah, blah. So I've gotten a lot of messages where people just feel like they got to know the person a bit more, and like who they're collecting from. I know I get to know like really fun facts. Like Katie Arrington used to be a freaking melon farmer. How <laughs> weird is that? Like, <laughs> like so weird. So like stuff like that, where um, it makes me really happy to do the show. I do it live because I don't have the time of day to edit anything. And that was just kind of a lazy move, but also like worked out well because we can ask questions live and people tune in live. But then of course you can watch later on YouTube. Um, so yeah, that, the, that's the whole, I think we're on episode like 25 or something. Um, well, not of season two, like total. Yeah. Um, and each season has 21 episodes. Right now, I, I'm i doing about one a week. So not three weeks. That was crazy. Yeah. Phew. That's, that's no small endeavor. Yeah, as uh, Matt and I both know. 
Um, Josie, uh, one of the ways we like to close the show is to sort of uh, an inappropriate shakedown of your crypto wallet and are always oh. interested. Well, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, always interested in what people are like, you know, sort of collecting on the side or if you're like tinkering around with any NFT games or it, it seems like, I, I mean, it doesn't seem like obviously you've had your uh, hand in the whole scene for a while now. So what, what are you, uh, you know, low key collecting or, or playing around with? Sure. I mean, I guess it's not low key. Like what is low key on the blockchain? Um, not much. Right. So yesterday I collected, I think it was yesterday. I, I can't remember anymore. Um, I collected a really cool piece from, um, oh, cool. glass crane and it was from rareable, which was the first piece that I've ever bought from rareable. Um, and then I've also, I'm also like, I'm so tired and brain dead. I'm like, wait, that was a class. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Thank God. I was like, shit, was that someone else? Um, I I just recently met Class Crane. I didn't I didn't know them before. Um, okay. And then um, I've also collected some works on um, Super Rare. So um, Parrot Parrotism, which has this cool work that I collected. Um, I just love the look of it. It's kind of this like bold uh, car um, kind of like that drove into a ditch a few years ago and someone left it there and there's all these trees around it and the sun is shining bright and there's this weird like robotic alien um, structure in the background. So it's kind of like, oh, did he run off the road when these aliens came to take over the world? Um, and then also collected something recently by Tommy which was awesome. Been wanting to collect something by him. Um, and it was a, like a, anon a anonymous mask piece. And then I also collected one day four works by Papa Bear. Um, there was these really cool, I tweeted about it, these really cool works. And I know it wasn't necessarily his like initial intention, I don't think, but the way that I saw it, um, I'm not religious at all, but it was like this weird like combination of like the story of Adam and Eve and the tree of uh, knowledge of good and evil, like playing out through these four different pieces, um, but in a way more futuristic, like crazy way. So I had to collect all four because they just looked like the full complete story. Um, and, and so I collected those, but yeah, I mean, I, Seriously. I love, I want to do more collecting, um, I have so many amazing friends in this space I want to collect from, but I'm like, holy crap, like Matt Cain, how can I ever collect a piece from you when you're selling shit at a hundred grand? Like what the actual F? <laughs> but um, yeah, I have many, many people I want to continue collecting from. Um, so that's just a few of the response. That's awesome. And then before we do close out, um, I think it's just really all always important to let folks know where they can follow you at, where they should be following you at. And then if you have anything upcoming um, where they should be looking out for in the next couple of weeks or months, let folks know where they should be paying attention to. Um, definitely Twitter, obviously. Um, my handle is Josie Bellini on Twitter. And then um, the other biggest place would be my newsletter slash discord. Um, you can sign up for my newsletter on Josie.io. Um, but my newsletter and Discord community gets first dibs to all of my NFTs, to all of my prints, to all of my originals, um, to everything. And typically, 
Um, I'm very fortunate and lucky to say that everything sells out within um, a very short amount of time on the newsletter and Discord. So that's the best way that you can like be privy to what I'm releasing and when I'm releasing it and get your hands on one if you want. Um, so yeah, definitely newsletter on Josie.io and my Discord, which is linked on my Twitter um, description. That's awesome. And watch behind the art. Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much for hopping on the show. Um, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, um, but it was great to really deep dive into a few areas where I hadn't had the chance to to talk with you about before. And just super excited for everything that you have planned heading forward. I know you couldn't talk about some of those exciting details on air, but a few months ago, I was, I was privy to some of the things you're working on and I can't freaking wait. It's going to be so cool. So just keep on creating and thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you both. This has been such an awesome show and a pleasure to be on. Um, so thank you. Thank you for hosting me. Thanks, Josie. See ya. Hey again, this is Matthew. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode. And just want to give one more shout out to this month's sponsor, Connie Digital. Make sure that you follow him and go check out his latest updates at danky.art. And definitely, if you're not already signed up, make sure you join his email newsletter by going to connydigital.com slash join and filling in your email address and ETH address. That's connydigital.com slash join to join Connie Digital's email newsletter. Thank you all and see you on the next episode. Podcast. Podcast.